Ashley. Hello. Hello. How's it going, Thomas? I'm very well, and we're live. Live to the world. Time to share all those intimate opinions. All right. Let's uh, let's get right into it, right? So, topic today is collaboration uh, in all its facets and forms, and uh, how we've been forced into this uh, mass education around collaboration thanks to COVID. But I guess mm-hmm. before we go into that, how about... Um, you tell me a little bit about the impact it's had on you, this this quarantine and, uh, and COVID overall, Ashley. Yeah. I find collaboration a very interesting uh, word because I, we've known each other for, for a while and I think we've worked in places where collaboration has been banded around as uh, a ways of working. It's very normal for us. We've always had access to the tools for it. We've grown up in that environment. Mm-hmm. And it seems to mean it's everything to everybody. Um, so, so when we say it has it changed and impacted something in my life, the, the truth is, I think, on some level, it hasn't had a big impact personally. Um, you know, I still can work pretty much the same way I did before, just without being in an office. Uh, I still speak to my family and ignore calls whenever I can uh, from them. <laughs> in the same way I used to. Uh, um, for me, just to note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can take a few weeks to get back. Um, but the 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 thing that I noticed and I hadn't appreciated about the, the collaborative part of what collaboration is, the how I would feel um, when other people are, that I work with are, are are impacted. So what's happened has has not necessarily affected me personally so much. But the people I'm working with and uh, spend sort of time to try and create things with, I've definitely seen the impact on them as being huge. And therefore, that that's impacted me. And I wasn't ready for that. Uh, so what I mean is, uh, you know, I have mm-hmm. a new position, onboarding in a new place uh, when you do it from home is just a lot harder. Uh, building relationships with people that you can only meet through video is just a lot harder and you have to have a type of shall we say that that allows that to be sort of a positive experience but also just simple things like actually we've had a wealth of tools to use but um like i've I've struggled with well which tools do people want to actually build things with me Uh, uh, which tools are the best for actually talking or getting things read or um, so I've had like impacts just at the sort of minor technology level. Um, so for me, yeah, uh, you've said some some really interesting yeah. things. There, one was um, I think the impact on others and how that 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 kind of touched you. And um, I think uh, it's kind of this uh, the mood music at the moment is you know the mm. the fact that you know people who've got kids, for example, and the pressures they're under with homeschooling and those kind of things. Um, and obviously people who've got loved ones who are impacted directly. So, you know, while we talk about collaboration, collaboration is all about people working together, but the emphasis here being on people and, you know, and their, their limitations uh, as, they, as they try to work together. So is, is that how, how you would uh, kind of characterize yeah. it? Yeah, it's like everything's in place to be collaborative. And that's what I was saying. We have 
uh, we've been very fortunate to live in a, in a in a world and have grown up in businesses that are very collaborative which then has spilled out into our own personal lives with different countries we've lived in so we've lived in a world where we can be collaborative but then when you take out the physical contact piece of of trying to collaborate together which is what this epidemic's done um you suddenly start to realize how things can break down very quickly so yes t- you know i've got friends who can't take their kids to school and are having to balance their day being teacher and parent uh, and, and they're struggling uh you know elderly people i have in my life you know they can't use tech they relied on me mm-hmm. turning up uh, mm-hmm. and to go and spend some time with them uh that's just really tough for them because uh, i can't physically go and see them anymore so the collaboration on can we fix something in their home can we just have a bit of contact make them not feel so lonely it's a little bit stretched um and and so yeah that collaboration sort of the social collaboration piece of, of not just the work part part i found is has been yeah been quite 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 obvious as quickly it's broken down it's maybe shown us some of the this epidemic's maybe shown us some of the the flaws or challenges with the wealth of technology we so say have for collaboration yeah and I, could, <laughs> um, i do agree um i do agree that um you know as as happy as we are that uh we've got collaboration software and it's been through this journey from you know using sharepoint to skype to you know then messenger and then all the enterprise software products around slack etc jumping on and now teams kind of bringing together uh video and um effectively kind of enterprise social networking uh, as, as great as that is uh, it hasn't quite solved uh some of the more fundamental problems of human interaction uh, that you're probably like highly exposed to you know as a new joiner Mm. or onboarding which is that lack of social uh presence the 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 fact that there is just something that doesn't get transmitted when you are looking at somebody in a small box um via video that that just that there's just a gap there and i think it'd be worthwhile thinking about what that gap is and uh and how we're going to fill it yeah i think that's spot on uh and i i, I was thinking about this uh from Uh, another angle as well uh, which i think ties in which is a lot of these enterprise tools f- for collaboration and uh, i guess to a lesser extent for just normal communication a lot of them um in this in this crisis got uh, repurposed for a lot of consumer uh, conversations as well mm-hmm. and consumer mm-hmm. mass if you like zeitgeist uh, of of collaboration you know looking at zoom or something like this which uh, so <laughs> suddenly gets uh you know tens of millions of more people um who aren't who are using it not just for for business obviously uh and then you see you see the limitations of it uh, you see two different worlds of what enterprise and businesses want from collaboration tools and then mm-hmm. what consumers want from it and there isn't a perfect fit solution for both at the moment both are still quite separate Uh, and uh, tools are being used in both scenarios uh, and they're all a little bit you know whilst they have connections they're all a little bit disjointed uh, and so when i when i started um you know in the company you know, companies like facebook are 
are built around these tools. So it's very fortunate in some respect that collaboration is just in the DNA. Uh, but but when you want to, the relationship parts just are hard to do. And and you look at the solutions that are available. You're right. It's a it's a two D it's a screen with someone staring back at you. Um, and often when you're talking to somebody, you might have this experience too on a video call, you know, one or two, or maybe sometimes everybody else on the call is clearly working on something else on the other screen that they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, or there's always a lag, a delay, and a, even a one second delay between three different people trying to talk about something. In my, in my experience, is enough to, just frustrate people and everyone's nice about it, but it frustrates them to the point where they're just like, okay, let's just move forward. Let's just move on. And it's just not a flowing natural human, completely human conversation. So that, the limitations of the tech and the connectivity um, definitely, definitely feel, feel it in every call uh, or every video. Uh, yeah. I, I, do you, I mean, you're, you're established, right? So you know, a lot of these people, do you find your switch to, to being working from home and going almost full video conference for everything. Has that been as big of a change for you? It, it has in that um, the problem with video conferencing is, is that um, I, I, so I, I, I assume like if we created this experiment, right? So you'd have one meeting that happens in person and another meeting that happens by video conferencing. And in theory, you know, everybody sees everybody and even assuming perfect kind of uh, connectivity, no hiccups and the technology works. Um, I think there would still be moments where in the face-to-face meeting, certain information does get relayed and does get shared and other that wouldn't get shared or doesn't get shared during a VC call. I think there's just something about the face-to-face nature, the, the fact that you can read the room and that you can either feel more confident about your position in the room or that you feel like uh, there's a, a good space for you to jump in and, and, and kind of contribute, that that gets lost in VC. So I think VC um, probably does a bit of a less in terms of being inclusive of, uh, of everybody. And it uh, also kind of uh, results in a bit less in terms of collaborative uh, engagement. And I think that's, that's kind of where I see like my line of work being very difficult because, uh, if I have a call with somebody and I'm not getting enough back, then it could be for many reasons that I could address if we were face to face, uh, but that are difficult to pinpoint when you've got, you know, uh, the, the screen, uh, kind of separating you. Agreed. And I think what, I think what you're what you're alluding to, and I just thought about this, is in in, in video conferencing, or or let's say any any sort of video based collaboration, where we can see in terms of the tools, video is kind of at, at the pinnacle of that at the moment. In terms of you know we can talk about VR AR in, in a bit, but at the moment, say video is at the pinnacle of that. It's still incredibly limiting compared to as you said in-person interaction. There's just less information coming through the video, reading the signals, seeing smiles, seeing frowns, seeing Mm -hmm. people fidgeting. There's Mm -hmm. just something, um, it just masks 
a lot of extra information that that we actually use for collaboration. Um, it's like that uh, that signal, or uh, was it the messaging model where you've got on the one hand signal being sent, then obviously the bandwidth of the actual transportation device, and then the the, the message being decoded on the other side. And if your bandwidth is low, which is effectively the case with uh, you know VC, you just have like a screen. Mm. Um, that focuses on your face, then there's less information that can be passed through and the interpretation is going to be more error prone. Like people are going to misread certain, certain things that happen um, when, they, when they watch your face or when they don't see what you're looking at, et cetera. So, and, and, yeah, and, and, and also just yeah, exactly. And, and, it's, and it's also just on the actual collaboration process. So we already, let's take, we're taking away a bunch of information that helps you uh, actually get to know somebody and collaborate um, in all the ways that we've sort of become used to doing so in person. But then the actual mm -hmm. tools themselves are, 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 are prohibitive from full-on collaboration. For example, I mean... just Co-creation kind of thing. Exactly. A whiteboard, mm -hmm. a digital mm -hmm. whiteboard over video conference is, is just not the same. Or maybe people, you know, we don't have those setups at home to do sort of uh, hand recognition uh, with a pen, um, and it's limited to whatever size screen you have to write on or draw on, or you're doing it with a mouse. And it's not everybody is trained on that call or knows how to use that software effectively. You know, drawing with a mouse is terrible, but everybody knows how to draw on a whiteboard in person in a room, yeah. and everybody can collaborate. And so by nature, it's, it is, by definition, more collaborative uh, in person. So digitally, you've got like, yeah, lack of information to help you kind of get into the spirit of collaboration and, and do it as effectively, but also the tools stop you being effective. Fine. And this is, uh, this is exactly the point I was, I was keen to get to, which is effectively what we've done, we've taken, uh, you know, a whole lot of people who work for companies um, that may have had teleconferencing and that may have uh, had a couple of tools, but that were pretty prohibitive about working from home. Like the normal business, even like the place where we work, you know, we, mm. you know they put a lot of emphasis on people being in the same offices and, and kind of uh, working that way. Um, and now you've had this, this instance of mass education in VC and uh, even your grandma knows or some, uh, maybe maybe not your grandma, but some some people's grandmas know how to use Zoom now. But definitely, my most knowledge. My, my yeah. grandma's the type of woman to phone me up and tell yeah. me the share price of wherever I'm working, and and if the <laughs> price has gone down, she's literally like, "Oh, have you done something wrong, dear?" So <laughs> she she spends her life on her iPad looking at this. So I'm not quite sure where she got that information from. But uh, she, she knows gonna... your, she knows the impact that you can have, Ash. That's that's <laughs> yeah. it. Right? <laughs> Biggest cheerleader. Um, but yeah, but basically, like if you think about those knowledge workers who previously, uh, you know, were maybe uncomfortable with the with the VC technology, now have a gold standard. Like the Zoom standard is is established, which is mm -hmm. easy to use, quickly to log in. You can see everybody via grid mechanism. There's some additional functionality like background blurring or, or stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. not the gold standard. Everybody's educated on it. Now, I'm thinking about this as a, as a journey where, where now the customer base effectively for these VC providers um, has become more educated. Like the, yes. the standard has lifted. 
Yes, now you can't go like, oh, these are naive newcomers. They're happy about any kind of technology. No, they have experienced good technology. And now they're going to be looking for what is the differentiator? Like what's the next level that can actually attack these pain points that I'm so much more aware of now, such as co-creation, whiteboarding, being creative basically, and also the gap in social cues and uh, and conversations. Yeah, and... and I think the minimum, so as the minimum table stakes, as you said, you know, everyone's been mm-hmm. mass educated and the, and if there is a, you know, even in these times, if there is a silver lining for collaboration tools in this epidemic, um, it is that it's, it's given people and companies a, a longer period of time to actually test these tools and work from home. Um, so it's let people and teams get into a longer routine and actually get past the novelty of working from home and using these tools for the first time. And, you know, for two weeks, everyone's putting uh, potato faces on all of their, their calls. And then, it, and, which was exactly the same when Hangouts first launched or if you use Line or WeChat, et cetera. Um, and, and then it starts, people, once the novelty goes, it gets to routine. And now people are building it into their lives and seeing the minimum table stakes being raised. So if your service doesn't have um, like a, a background noise automatic suppression, then it's a challenge. Uh, if you can't have calls and video calls with people in your organization and with that, and outside your organization at a single click, uh, that's going to put people off. Um, if you like Teams and Slack, if you don't have calling integration between two rivals in the market, it's going to put people off. Um, so you're right, the minimum table stakes have gone so high some companies are going to start saying, well, what's next? I, I think that's true. And I think a lot of companies are going to, particularly large companies, are, are going to have to get those table stakes actually really ironed out. So, you know, you can get a nice feature like automatic note-taking, or you could have a, a gauge within the tool set that shows you typical average engagement of people on the call, you know, through some visual display. So you can see when you're talking are people's eyes engaged? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they actually looking at another screen example? So you can put nice features in, but they are features. Uh, yeah. The minimum table stakes are still a bit patchy. And mm-hmm. some of those are very difficult to solve. So I think before we could even start solutioning and, and suggesting new features, there are some basics. So yes, let's all get a, a parity in feature set, but what do you do about lag? What do you do about mm-hmm. the fact that it's quite expensive to give everybody um, cool video technology for the home um, that's all of the same standard? So, you know, laptop cameras are, are terrible. Um, mm. Facebook portal cameras are, are fantastic. Uh, so, but but you can, not everyone has that. So you're always going to have different levels of technology taking part in a call. And I wonder how big companies are going to get those minimum table stakes to now it all ironed out to meet that new sort of expectation by by everybody do you fancy going through like maybe the big four and and we just yeah kind of give our quick quick Let's, thoughts on, on yeah. what the hell's going on like if we start with google because you mentioned them earlier with hangout slash meet slash duel that's probably just like a that's probably five percent of their messaging uh, platform they've, they've probably got uh, an app that we've never heard of uh, launched every week. So, yeah, let, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly on these on the big yeah. the big boys. 
So I yeah, and how and how they're going to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I I find um, so I, I've used Google for personally from from you know most of my working life, but rarely for actual uh, work uh, because of whatever software has been in place. So when I've when I've used those tools for Google, I I particularly think where they're really strong is uh, they just have a a huge suite that all can join together. Um, and I, I think Google will, will probably go down the road of, of creating something that rivals what uh, Microsoft and Facebook uh, already have with some sort of, uh, you know, one, one tool for all types of communication, for groups, for social and enterprise talking. Um, but at the moment, it's, they've just got a lot of different things that do plug together, but it's, um, I find it, it's too, it's too dispersed. Um, it's not as, as linked as, as some of the competitors. So I, I would expect to see Google in these, in these situations try and tie some things together. Where I think they've been very successful are like Google for Education. Uh, I think their, the Hangouts offering is actually, I've used it for a few calls. It's, it's actually pretty good. Um, but they've probably just got too many different things. So I, I, I'd see them as trying to tie those together in that ecosystem. How do you yeah, feel I mean, about they, that's, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they've been, um, they've been doing this painful thing of launching a new chat app. It's, it's nearly like a, a meme now, right? Where, where yeah. like every week they've come up with something else and the latest was this RCS initiative. Yeah. Um, and uh, Google, I still Google, sign up for all of them, though. I, I don't know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, oh, this sounds this sounds great, and then they stop investing, or <laughs> they kind of stop developing <laughs> it, or fold it yeah. into something else. Uh, a couple of weeks later, I, I remember Google Wave. Did you ever try that? I didn't, but I, I do remember it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've, I was I, on the better list, and I was actually uh, playing around with it a bit. I, I can. I know. I know you. I know that exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this has just been an ongoing thing. Now the question is, um, are they looking to zoom and going like, "Hey, we can do this"? And uh, are they are they going like, "Why did we not win the race? Why did we not get like the the bulk of of our attachment?" It's because I think uh, one thing that is often left unmentioned is that Zoom doesn't actually collect uh, much information about. Um, like they don't build a social graph in the way that Google and and Facebook do, right? So mm. obviously, Google has got its its ID, and you can log in all over the place, and you can, uh, you know, do your um, your productivity suite on it, and all that. But it's they are able to die, tie together identities and search profiles and all those kind of things. Versus Zoom, which is a pure play, like they may collect some information about you. Like I think I heard that they try to match you with a LinkedIn profile, so that if you're on an enterprise call. You know, it's quite easy to 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 kind of resolve your name mm. fully based on data they've stored on your computer and linking it to LinkedIn. Um, but they they're not in the in the same business of collecting data, which means that they can make the login frictionless. Um, having said that, you know, I um, I think Google Hangouts or Meets uh, works even if you don't log in. So I don't. Uh, I, I wonder, I, I assume that they're scratching their heads and going like, you know, were we just not sexy enough? Were we not the, the newest toy? So there's a risk that they'll come out with a new toy, a new new platform again, yeah. because, you know, 
they they think that is the same as getting good PR is <laughs> launching a new app. Yeah, and um, and, and whilst yeah. they're testing features that are slightly different with each release, that I think in the eyes of most businesses, it's it's a bit of dilution of of mm -hmm. what they're actually offering, and uh, particularly when you talk to you know, mid-sized businesses, they really don't. You know, it's true. Fe features are interesting for gossip conversations, but when it comes to buying decisions, um, it is just minimum table stakes. How quickly can this be implemented? Does everybody use this? And if people use it at home, like WhatsApp, like the number mm -hmm. of enterprises I know who would, if they knew the truth, would be really, really angry with employees about the people using WhatsApp um, for business purposes. But, mm -hmm. it, but because they use it in their personal life, it, it makes an easy shift, a bit like how iPads made an easy shift to the boardroom. And Hangouts mm. just didn't have that that same influence um, outside of the workplace, I feel. So it never quite made it into the workplace in, 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 in that same, it wasn't as pervasive. And then they diluted yeah. it with too many yeah. other things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's an interesting thing here where I think uh, Google's challenge has actually been to come across as a serious enterprise software provider yes they do have a number of marquee names and it's it's kind of mm. become quite popular amongst enterprises but overall uh they, they haven't got the same gravitas of a microsoft of course or a cisco when it comes to specifically their the video conferencing and, and uh, software i think uh, with with uh, google docs and google drive they've done a good job i think that's probably yeah. a better place but uh with the other stuff i think they they're not as trusted uh, a partner, and um, which is why I guess they forked out Google Hangouts to Google Meets uh, mm -hmm. in order to create a product that is specific for the enterprise and that they can perhaps market more sincerely. Yeah. Uh, but it does bring something up, which is like this COVID thing may have changed the whole dynamic. Like as uh, Cisco is like the corporate brand, right? It's like the one that you'd you'd go for if you wanted to spend as much money, have the best service and have the people who've been doing this for the longest time. Hmm. Um, but Zoom, in a way, may have changed the dynamic uh, through that mass education we talked about, that now it's more, now end users have may have more of a voice because they would go, hey, I've used Zoom 100 times. It's dead easy. Why do I have to you know, use this clunky WebEx uh, app that yeah. installs and crashes or, or whatever it is, uh, or looks like it's from designed in the 2000s? Yeah. Um, it's like, exactly. uh, I think there could be a dynamic change which would um, which could change the the fortunes of a Google or the fortunes of a uh, of anybody who is more consumer who looks more consumer friendly uh, because in the enterprise it might actually have more of an audience now. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think I think the uh, I think Google will you know will be put. I, I think they they've got all the elements need needed to be a winner in this space. Uh, when you look at what's required from a back-end solution to uh, sort of creating something that can scale quickly and be pushed out to everybody for free or low cost and integrate with tools they already use. Um, they've got all the elements to make some a, sort of a, a, particularly a video collaboration winning offer. And they are a lot more flavor of the month than a Cisco type of solution would be. Um, I think... We'll see. I personally feel that Google will do will will use, like you said, use these circumstances to to go away and build something 
that is a lot more forward thinking uh, compared to you know what we've all been used to for the last 15 years in in the workplace which it has been those you know laborious v- video conference logins and remembering numbers and pins and always having to ask the first question in the video conference can you hear me is there a delay <laughs> uh, and there's always yeah. a problem and there's always a, a number in a meeting room that you had to call without fail once a month to get people who work in the building to come and fix something with the video conferencing all of that stuff is going if not has been shown that it should go and i think you know you look at google they're they're the perfect they've got the perfect mix of things to to build something now that you know maybe is a bit more focused than than what they've than the range of stuff they've been building but also can actually handle some really clever stuff in the back end um, like we said some of those features right you know if if they could get the if they can do better compression for video, so as there's no there's next to no lag. I mean, look at what they're trying to do with Google Stadia. You know, they've obviously got a back end mm. to push high mm. high volumes of graphics data, um, movement data, positional data. Uh, yeah, okay, it's not perfect, but it's pretty impressive. Um, and if they can do that in 4K, you know, you could see Google coming up with a okay. Here's a 4K video. Um, solution for enterprise that does automatic note-taking. Uh, it feeds straight into your Google Calendar. It links to people who use Google, who don't use Google. They're already well-positioned for that. So I, I would personally see, I do think this does change the game for video collaboration. And, you know, Google's, they, they could do something quite impressive here. So we're, we're running out of time. So let's go through the other ones in yeah. a kind of quick shot fashion. Um, quick one on Zoom. Do you think their success currently is going to translate into a long-term trend or do you think uh, this will kind of dissipate after uh, the quarantine is over? Like, where do you think uh, are their fortunes headed? So I, 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 I think they are going to be more successful because of this. Uh, I, don't, I, I think they want, and I think it will reduce from the craziness of the last week. It's a bit like releasing a game in an app store. If it gets popular uh, you know, for a few weeks, it goes crazy and then settles back down, but it settles down to a higher level. So I, I think they're going to be, uh, they'll want it to settle down because I think it's been a strain. It's been a lot of non-traditional, you know, their ideal customer profile probably got changed quite a lot in the last month to 50 new ideal customer profiles and they probably didn't have everything to handle that. Um, so it'll settle at a higher higher pace. I, you know, who knows, maybe there's a, a potential for acquisition. There's definitely going to be consolidation in this in this sort of these enterprise video collaboration tool mark, this market as a whole. Um, I think Zoom would be quite interesting for people. But, but I think what if it doesn't come down to the acquisition side of things, I think Zoom will start to increase the apps that they have around their platform, the number of integrations um, to, to sort of ride the wave of popularity they've got. But I do, don't think yeah. it's going to sustain at this level. Yeah, I think um, Zoom is, uh, you know, it's currently still a one-trick pony. I know they are doing Zoom rooms and Zoom phones, so they are trying mm. to expand into partially, you know, the space that Cisco is with its its rooms, but they're also trying to replace the desk phone uh, via like a Zoom integration. Mm. And um, I think though, there's an interesting question here. Uh, You know, they have been extremely successful with 
getting new users on board, correct? Um, mm -hmm. And loads of new use cases like yoga instructors, fitness instructors, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even dating uh, kind of services built on top. Uh, they would my, have to my, find my, ways my, of... My yeah. Pilates teacher does a yeah. Zoom Zoom class and it's... There you go. It's weird, but it works. It's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there you go. I uh, hope she doesn't listen. <laughs> or he, I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I'm doing a weird fine. job, Pilates teacher. Um, <laughs> but the, the the thing is, like, they'd have to find a way to monetize that because at the moment, like, they are the provider of 40 minutes of free video conferencing, mm -hmm. which is actually quite an expensive resource. Like, mm -hmm. video conferencing, because of the bandwidth, because of all the servers you need and all that stuff, it's an expensive uh, it's an expensive business to be in. It's not like uh, audio where you can go with limited bandwidth. And... And so um, if they can find a way to monetize those millions of people who've joined, great. If they can't, then they've just got a huge cost in that they've just acquired, first of all, with capacity they had to increase, um, as well as just the ongoing pumping of, uh, of data. So I can, I can see them, in a way, making a decision soon, which is, are we going to find ways of monetizing this, these new verticals, which mm. are not clear enterprise, but are more... Uh, kind of, um, I guess you would call them like mini events or or something and micro events uh, that the, you know where you somehow monetize. And the question is, are they able to do that, or are people just going to move to on to the next service? Because that's the other thing: is there true loyalty in the current yeah, wave I, of users? I think and I don't really good think point. so. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I that's mm -hmm. why I use the game app market as a, as a sort of a, an analogy. I think. Whether something sticks or not, there's a bit of luck in it. But uh, I think that the, the 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 scariest part for me, if I if I were in the Zoom Zoom business, with with a sort of a strategy hat on, I'd be thinking we didn't plan for this growth. It wasn't really part of our strategy. It, it, we were lucky it happened. So we're going to be scrambling around monetization strategy. But I think we'd also be trying to do integration work. Like, how do we make ourselves sticky? Well, we integrate mm. with a bunch of stuff. Like if you could integrate with um, some sort of uh, payment solution, like a PayPal type thing, for uh, mm. Pilates teachers who, <laughs> my Pilates teacher, she could take the money from me when I log into Zoom instead of having to mm -hmm. do a separate payment to her through Monzo um, mm. and, and you know using Zoom for free for 40 minutes. Uh, then there might be a way to sort of make it sticky, part of a normal business you know, payment process. That's that's an example of how I, I would be looking if I were in the Zoom environment. How do we integrate to make it sticky? Because mm -hmm. I think you're spot on. I think as soon as as soon as the novelty wears off, it will it will still be a high number of users, but they are just so much at risk of bigger companies. We just talked about Google or even Microsoft. You know, who've who've it's been publicly announced that they were slightly worried about and are concerned about Zoom. You know, they're going to go away and have a real good think about how do we create something that. And we've got money to to create something that that smashes what Zoom offers. Yeah, I mean uh, the Microsoft next one, right? Uh, Teams. Yeah. Uh, I think the interesting thing there is going back to our theme of consumerization of technology. They're shifting Teams or, or making it available via the uh, the consumer version of Office three six five. So they're seeing like you know your 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 family is now a team, and you can collaborate and use that for VC and and basically trying to um, in kind of encroach on that that domain. And they must be seeing that in the same way, right? You know, if you educate your customers to use your products at home, then it'll be easier 
to make a case for them to uh, pick it up when they get into the office. So I think there's a general perhaps awareness that uh, end users are going to have more of a voice around which, which VC solution is used. Mm. And so they, they're trying to expose more of them to it. Um, I don't know how successful that will be. I mean, and although Office 365 has made huge strides, it's far better product than uh, some of the previous um, versions were, uh, it's still very corporate. So I don't see consumers flocking to that necessarily. Yeah. The visual style isn't quite right, et cetera. But I do, I do appreciate the um, the idea uh, around like let's let's take this from being pure enterprise to adding it to our I don't know six ninety nine per month offering for or even uh, less for actually consumers. for yeah, for front frontline workers as well and you know they oh, yeah. they they're really um, they're expanding it to cover as Microsoft do technically everything in the market you could use <laughs> you could live Microsoft life. Um, for <laughs> consumer and business, I I I'm I'm confused. So I so out of everything, Teams is the product I've actually used the most, and Office three right. for, for years. Mm-hmm. Out of all of these, I've never used it actually. So I'm really interested in your point of view on it. Yeah, and and um, and I've used it for for client work as well. Uh, for you know, I had a, a team of twenty two people, so even just like managing work coming through, I found, and these are big companies, right? As you know. The clients we used to work with, they're you know they're all massive organisations with all very capable people who've been using technology for their entire lives, and I still found that when Teams was in place, people were struggling to use it, uh, were struggling to do the collaboration as effectively. People were still preferring because of bad habits and old habits and just mm-hmm. old ways of working, preferring to do a spreadsheet on their, their own local computer, uploading it to Teams, and then trying to fudge it around the edges with sort of checking out, showing version control, et cetera. Oh, um, oh, yeah, goodness. right? I, I know. And, that, and, and it, it was changing, right? Like it, it was changing. Yeah. But I found the actual desktop tool, uh, it, because most companies, I found it too clunky because most companies are running the old ways of working and trying to run the new ways of working at the same time. And I know, you know, I know why companies do that. Um, you know, we've, we've also been on recommending those sort of transition states for change management to, to move mm-hmm. to sort of collaborative software, but, but also it does create some problems, which is there's just going to be a portion of the workforce and work comes at critical moments. Like people are working on spreadsheets. It's, you know, there's always deadlines and things. And, and suddenly, if the collaboration software isn't working smoothly, people will default to what they know, so, which wasn't using Teams in the right way or Office 365 in the right way. So mm-hmm. I, I actually found my exposure to Teams, quite a lot of hard work managing clients and people to use collaboration and be uh, collaborative. And I think that's a corporate uh, culture element. Yeah. This is like a reverse network effect, basically – if not everybody's using the collaboration tool or software, then it instantly loses significantly more value uh, yeah. than, than if it does, right? So if you, you only need one or two people who email your uh, your updates or email the files, and yeah. boom, it doesn't matter that 50 it, others are using the, the actual one. You suddenly oh. have to go the overhead of bringing it in, which is like a network effect, but the reverse, where you know with every additional user, you get uh, more value. With this one, it's like a... 
like with everyone less, you lose significantly more than yeah. the value of one big knowledge. It, it takes one CEO to go, oh, can you just email me those slides? And you go around, <laughs> you turn around and go, well, I'll send you the link in a chat. Yeah. And then the room goes tumbleweeds, like, oh, you're not going to have a job tomorrow. And <laughs> it, that, that instantly, you know, oh, well, typical thing. It's not top-down collaboration and change. Mm. Um, now, this isn't a team-specific problem, right? And, I, and the reason yeah. I bring it up, though, is because I think Teams is so prevalent in businesses they're hitting mm -hmm. this problem first. So when yeah. teams crack that problem and that culture change gets used to it, then it does open the market for the others. You know, the Google, like Google is an SMB player, but for, for like you said, for that up bigger enterprises, once Teams cracks it, the user design, user experience and familiarity of Google or even Facebook uh, or and potentially even Amazon will suddenly start to become an option for, for bigger companies. You know, they'll start I mean, to uh, say, okay, yeah. it's, uh, it's sorry, sold. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, so I was just going to say, to, to final, my final thought on Teams, by the way, is um, mm -hmm. I, I, think they are, I think they're biggest at strength and what we're going to see them do in the next year is uh, they're going to get really good at bringing competitors and competing products into their ecosystem because... I think they realize that putting walled, walled gardens and barriers to things is <laughs> just by definition, not very collaborative, uh, but also most companies are going to experiment with apps and Zoom and, and Hangouts and Workplace. They're gonna want to have different things. So I think we're gonna see teams go even more, ironically, collaborative with competitors, that old co-opetition strategy. But, but I, I think, uh, they're, you know, they're they're going to be quicker with feature sets. So we talked at the very start about what features you need for like minimum table stakes. I think Microsoft could be really quick and have been in updating teams and introducing actually quite interesting and cool features to keep the product um, sexy. They just they just have maybe a a branding thing to solve, an image thing to solve um, for the team's product. Yeah, I think I would agree with that absolutely. I think. Um... Like you said, Microsoft uh, has just been so strong in these last years with uh, how they've been kind of reacting to the market. Initially, when they came out with Teams versus Slack, it was quite embarrassing, but they've just been plodding away at making it better as far as I've been hearing. And, um, uh, and I mean, yeah, yeah, like you said, their, their challenge is that unlike Slack, which goes after like, you know, the small IT team initially, uh, where everybody's super passionate about using it, they are forcing it top down on large organizations of people who are not used to uh, using the latest <laughs> it's, tech it's, it's really hard for most people yeah. in the business to get passionate about Excel and the yeah. offering <laughs> Office 365. There's some of us that yeah. love it, but, um, but yeah, it's a tougher challenge for them. Yeah. They don't have the same uh, <laughs> uh, advocates uh, that say Slack does. So let's make a let's finish this uh, of our first podcast with uh, a prediction each. Mm. Um, you can you can choose what you want to predict, but it has to be future bound, of course, and uh, collaboration related. Wow. I I want to go with an area which you're probably going to do a prediction, or at least be better placed to do than I. But I I'm going to say that um, within uh, so by twenty. 22 i think we will have uh, a true collaborative virtual reality 
um, as part of working from home normal standards. Uh, and I think we'll get to a stage where there'll be virtual reality co-creation for um, big enterprises so that teams can, can actually shake hands, draw together, do spreadsheets in, in, in sort of real time together. So maybe it's a wish more than a prediction, but I, I feel that's a, a big change. It sort of feels goofy now a little bit because everything we know about VR and have seen, but we know it's everyone wants this. I feel we're going to get that um, that new era in, in remote collaboration. I'm going to build on that somewhat, just because uh, you kind of took my, <laughs> my oh. initial thought. <laughs> no, not at all, actually. Uh, I'm going to build on it in terms of, I think, um, I think you're right. We will see those solutions heating up. I mean, as a as a consequence of the standardization of what we see, is going to get better and better until you know, people are going to go well, but these problems that we talked about earlier are not solved, which is the social presence, the co-creation, just that aspect. And you're right, virtual reality can step in here, but I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be a pure virtual reality solution, as in it's going to be a a, a mixture of video conferencing and virtual reality. So you'll have some people who are observers, who are still there as a screen, maybe avatar somewhat. And then you're going to have those people who are truly in virtual reality with headsets on, and they are going to be co-creating and, and in front of an audience nearly, basically, who may, may, may call out or add things via laptop. So I think 2022 probably sounds good, but I think what we'll have is not like full teams meeting in virtual reality, but perhaps two or three uh, here there, uh, maybe maybe just one or two at some point who uh, who are creating who are whiteboarding and uh, and the the camera tech is going to be good enough the the, uh, the the AI in the camera is going to help you kind of figure out what you're seeing there and it's going to be that mixture of real virtual that allows the bridging because at the moment I think these these solutions are out there right I tried on the Vario recently and mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a solution for the virtual office and all that stuff. And there's some others that do whiteboarding already. But the problem is penetration. So I think in order to overcome that penetration of headset issue, there's going to be this uh, this hybrid situation where some people are in virtual reality and other people are in, in VC or in other collaborative kind of environments, but they are they're able to interact and, and work with each other. And, that, and the people who crack that are going to be the ones who are going to grow the fastest because they're going to be able to leverage existing infrastructure and they're going to be able to uh, at the same time address for some people the the gaps in collaboration I would love that future I would I really want the, I really want that to happen uh, I, I feel it will I, but I could you imagine the step change I think in in true in true presence collaboration remotely bringing in you know, uh, wireless devices, you know, 5G finally lives up to its potential and allows us to strut around at home, uh, articulating to an audience somewhere else and uh, actually building something together. Even if it is building uh, whatever the next version of a spreadsheet is, 
or whatever the next version of a Word document is. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, video consulting, <laughs> everything relates back to this spreadsheet uh, well, <laughs> or a presentation. <laughs> My life, it's changing. But no, I, I'm with you on this completely. And uh, I have one final uh, prediction, and it's mm-hmm. a shout out to the smaller players, smaller mm-hmm. commas. The, the the unsung uh, multitude of com- competitors that are on the market and going to just flood the market even more for enterprise collaboration. Um, for example, uh, ByteDance and uh, you know massive startup again inverted commas uh, from China that has mm-hmm. so many things from TikTok to their enterprise collaboration software called Lark which recently just has a, a video app as well. Uh, who knows what Snapchat might do uh, to, to try and get into, to move out of its market into a more business-focused market. So I think there's, <laughs> my, my blanket all prediction is, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of these non-big, non-famous in the business world, enterprise world companies um, that just have just as much uh, resource and, and hunger to, to dominate this. And, I've been definitely in the mistake before of um, just not just, just having a blind eye to what these uh, these new type of businesses that that just like to operate in a different way don't operate using Microsoft products for the last fifteen years operate in di- different yeah. regulatory like, environment. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, you know, basically the market the prediction is the market is heating up. There's going to be more players coming in from all sides trying to claim this heightened awareness, this mass education and transform it into new business opportunities and address the shortcomings of existing players. And the blind side is, like you say, we always talk about, like just as we did, Google, Microsoft, we mentioned Cisco, we obviously talk about Zoom, but yeah, maybe we should have had a whole new, delete this podcast and do another (laughs) one. (laughs) Okay, let's not do that. We're now at 40, 55 minutes of gold nuggets. How about we we close it off here? See uh, and um, thank everybody for listening, um, if they have listened all this far. If you have, um, you're yeah. Thank you. Yeah, pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ash. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Thomas.